This evening, I continue and conclude our two-part programme as I chat once again to retired Detective Chief Superintendent John O'Brien, who's originally from Kilady in Ballinhasic. John was head of Interpol and Europol. He was the head of and brains behind Operation Lifesaver in 1997 and was based at Garda headquarters in the Phoenix Park. John's third book, The Troubles Come South, Murder and Mayhem, has just been published. It's a three-pronged look at how the Northern Troubles have affected life and policing in the Republic. The book includes John's personal stories, the impact of the Troubles and their legacy. Because according to John, the Northern influence still dominates modern policing. This evening also, we look at the kidnapping of Superquin executive Don Tidy and the murder of a trainee Garda and a young soldier during a search for his kidnappers. And how safe are people from unprovoked attacks on our streets, which recently have led to loss of life and life-changing injuries, and of concern also, the age profile of the perpetrators of these crimes. And topical at the moment, morale in the Gardaí, is it at its lowest, and what does the future hold? And that's a fair point to begin our conversation with John this evening. So good evening, thank you for joining us, and welcome to Where the Road Takes Me. You know what, John, and I, I actually even hate myself for saying this. I am not optimistic at all for what's happening because I think the way my brain operates is I look at trends and patterns rather than single episodes. You know, an, an episode is just that. It can be 24 or 48 or, or in political terms, even shorter kind of interest sake. And I've been looking, observing, particularly since 2014. And every single indicator that I can see since then, with some exceptions, because there's been some very good uh, gather work in terms of the organized crime gangs and that kind of thing. But all of the other major strategic uh, indicators are going in the wrong direction, John. So I am not optimistic. And I, as I said at the start of my comment, I hate myself for saying it, but it's based on 38 years in the guards and the guts of 20 years writing, reading and commentating on it uh, and based on experience, both at home and away. The recent arrest of the cargo ship to Matthew off the coast of Waterford and Cork, that must have been a morale booster for Gardaí because it was a huge operation and a successful one. Yes, and I think that's the point I just alluded to a second ago, that 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 in the organised or organised crime gang front, the guards have had remarkable uh, success and very well-merited uh, success. Now, it's a long time ago, though, since Barry Galvin uh, who is a very well-known Cork solicitor and barrister and commentator who was saying that the coast of West Cork was a haven for cross-Atlantic uh, drug shipments and everybody thought he wasn't quite uh, on the ball and exaggerating. So the message on the drugs front is that it is like um, the bulge in your bicycle tire line, John, you, you, you squeeze, you, that bulge goes in, it comes out somewhere else. So it's a continuous it's a continuous exercise, but that is good to see the technical possibilities. And I think the the Kinnahan Hutch thing, and particularly in relation to the Kinnahan gang, there's been tr- tremendous work done in that regard. But it speaks to one thing, John, is that when you put a dedicated number of people together, you give them a, a remit, you give them the power to do it, the resources to do it, they will certainly uh, produce a return. The, uh, my problem is that with the current scheme of things, the most obvious sign of Policing, which is the uniform policing, is the most neglected in terms of numbers and organisation. 
if you were appointed Garda Commissioner in the morning, what would you do, John? What would you change from the present? Well, two things. Number one, I know if uh, in a very unlikely event that I got a Joe Biden moment and somebody said, oh, Brian, we need you back, uh, I would be saying is, A, I need a team that I can work with. That's the first thing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I need to be able to draw on the best brains within the organization. And I need to be able to disregard the naysayers. So like that's in terms of your own philosophical approach to the job. You need a team. You need to be able to listen. And you need to look at, just as I said a minute ago, the patterns of success where it has occurred in the past and replicating that. On the big picture, I would scrap with great pleasure the the uh, the Drew Harris operating model, which has re which has been the single biggest upsetting factor for normal policing in my in my experience of the guards. That I would scrap and I would go back to a more coherent, demographically based uh, model that we could control and organize. But fundamentally, from the top job, John, it is about building a team, drawing in the best experience. And then having measurable targets, of course, one needs to talk to the politicians and to the minister and the resourcing end of it. But uh, but fundamentally, it is a fantastic job. It has the fantastic opportunities to do great for the community. But uh, you need a major reset. Last thing I'd say is, John, is I think the guards now need what happened in the 1960s, which was called the Conrad Commission. It was a major root and branch review of the guards' structures. And some of the symptoms that we see now were there, then, i.e. disaffection in the ranks, poor resourcing, a lot of those same indicators are present uh, present now. But that's kind of a nutshell, John. Now, it's not going to happen, but thanks very much for the thought. I know one of the areas that you are particularly critical of, the last time I spoke to you and you just mentioned it there, the size of policing areas. And a good example of that is here in Cork. I mean, the chief superintendent here in Cork, based just around the corner from us here in Bandon, has a huge area to cover. Correct. And by that way, that operating model, and I know it kind of sounds like a bit jargon, was basically the size of the divisions uh, that the guards are constructed in, you know, from an administration operational point of view. Now, that model has been rolled back uh, around the country in very significant regard. It hasn't extended down to Cork. And having the, the divisional officer, the chief superintendent, based in Bannon, responsible from all the way from, from the Bearer Peninsula right across to the Watford border, in pure operational or administrative you know, considerations, it just simply doesn't work. No reflection on the individual concerned, but the span of control. In organizations, they always talk about the span of control. You know, how much can any one individual, you know, realistically control, manage, operate, lead, all of those things? It, it makes absolutely no sense at all. And going back to another one of your points just uh, a few moments ago, you, you spoke about it, that if you were... Garda Commissioner in the morning, you would assemble the best team available. Are they available now? Or is the reason that they're not applying for this job is that they're not in agreement with the direction it's going? 
Well, I think in relation to the deputy commissioner position, which is the one that that uh, got uh, the attention recently, yeah. there's a very simple, straightforward one. In 2014, there was an amending act that affected the two things that are attractive if you reach that end of an organisation. A is the pension, and B is the what was so-called the lump sum to gratuity. Now, which is something that's contributed to I gather the pay deductions right through their entire service. Okay, 2014 meant something very simple. If your pension pot based on an age of 85, and not ostensibly the average age of, of, of demise or whatever, if that pension pot was worth more than $2 million, which seems an enormous amount of money, but considering that these colleagues would retire at 60, they were, you know, 25 years, the pension pot, what it would cost commercially to produce a pension of the appropriate size, if it was greater than $2 million, then the gratuity and the, that would go with the normal retirement process would be subject to income tax. Now, that is a total departure from the past in terms of the, the gather entitlements and, again, in simple terms, the condition of service. So people who are now chief superintendents and assistant commissioners who would be the next grade or rank, John, that would go up to deputy commissioner saying, oh, no, no, no thank you. I don't, I don't need this. The, the notional gain that they would gain in their salary would more than be more than penalized by the, the, the taxing of their gratuity and pension. So there's, that's why they're saying no. Now, it may well be that they also are unhappy with the, the direction of travel of the guards. I know talking to many of them of the last year during our centenary celebrations around the country, they are very unhappy with the direction of travel and they say the same thing. And again, uh, you know, I'm more of the half full guy. They talk about the culture at the very, very top of being una, do, una duce, una voce, you know, one voice, one leader, uh, and so on. But I think the primary reason in this case is monetary. They're saying, that's this makes absolutely no sense. We're not going to go for that job. where this business regarding the vacancy for Deputy Commissioner of the Garda Síochána will end, who will fill the position and what policing background he or she will come from. What troubles John O'Brien is that when it comes to policing in this country, the number of people who do not have experience of policing in the Republic. Also of concern is the number of people who are involved in policing decisions who do not have a policing background. I should say, John, that when I look at this, I'm trying to be very objective about it and not to be reflexive. And I've looked at what's happened to the guards since 2014, which is a kind of a, a seminal year in the history of the guards. And in very simple terms, I've looked at the top senior ranks of the guards at the moment and seen what their experience is. And this is not a personal commentary. It's just an objective fact. At the very top of the organization is obviously the commissioner, who is a former OUC and PSNI officer. There are two deputy commissioners. One of those is due to retire at the moment, and that person does have domestic policing experience. But the the other deputy commissioner is Canadian by profession and background. Uh, There are a number of uh, assistant commissioners, and these are the top echelon, John. Six of those have domestic experience. And now, if we are to understand the reports, none of those have applied for the uh, vacant deputy commissioner position. The two remaining assistant commissioners are both RUC and PSNI backgrounds. That is their background. 
Just taking a little slightly wider view is the policing authority was set up in 2015 and the idea was that it would be a new um, oversight or type of oversight looking at the performance and so on. Now, looking at those, I think there are nine members of that board. Five or five and a half, because there's one individual who has both Northern experience and ours. Uh, five or six of them have domestic experience, but no policing experience. And that's very important. There is nobody on that board with domestic policing experience. The other remaining three or four are from Northern Ireland. And none of those have policing experience, full stop, either domestic or otherwise. The other body that is very relevant to the guards is the inspectorate. Now, that is comprised of three individuals at the top. One of those is a former Metropolitan Police Officer, and two of those come from the RUC and the PSNI. And the last one, which I think listeners would be probably more familiar with, is GSAP, the Garda Shikana Ombudsman Commission, which is basically the, the disciplinary oversight board for the, for the guards. Now, there are three commissioners that head that, and two of those are domestic, but none of them have policing experience or expertise. And the other position of commissioner is one from the the IOC PSNI. So very simply put, and without trying to take this objectively as I can, you can see that there is a total, since 2014, there has been a total uh, domination of the guards by colleagues who come from a non-Garda background, a non-Republic of Ireland background. And somewhere that philosophy is really flawed because nobody in the United Kingdom would run their police forces or police services like that. It is an extraordinary development and it has like it's like the creeping damp. It has just crept into the organization. And no doubt some of it is due to some perception that the guards could not produce the high quality of officers that were, would be required to hold down those positions. I would totally dispute that. But I think fundamentally from the public's point of view, you have people involved in making very key decisions who simply don't know what the job is about. And that is a huge lack of experience. I know you said to me in the past when I posed a hypothetical question to you, if you were offered the position of commissioner in the morning, you said the first thing you would do is gather a good team around you. Does that team exist at the moment from within the Republic? I think it does, John, but I would be very aware now that, and this is from lots of communications which I'm in receipt of, that the morale problem has reached the top ranks as well as to the the, the lower ranks of the organisation. But I haven't the slightest doubt that there are fantastic people there, well capable of filling the positions at the very top of the organisation. But the, the, the system that processes people into those processes, people into those senior positions, has to be one that encourages those people to be part of the system, that nurtures them on the way to it. And it then gives us a realistic uh, chance when we're promoting to the highest ranks of having a choice for that. But the value is, I mean, I look at, uh, just to digress for a second, I look at the big successes that have been there in relation to organized crime investigations. And that has been headed by by members of the Garda Shikana who have come up through the, the, the ranks, who are part and parcel of the organization. So they are well capable of taking high strategic tasks. The philosophy at government level has to change. And the anyone but Garda philosophy has to be changed. It has to be altered. It is not to the advantage of anyone. And it's ultimately very destructive and what we have witnessed by way of the 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 the, the problems within the Gatwick personnel wise, and this latest one is it underlines the fact that the trajectory that the force has been forced on over the last number of years is wrong and should be changed. And that's the end of part one of Where the Road Takes Me. John O'Brien rejoins me for part two, and that's after the break. <laughs> 